and welcome to another episode of the eFormula podcast. I have the one and only Vivi in the house. I'm not going to even try to introduce her because I've known her for a very long period of time. And Vivi keep blowing my mind every time I get with her on the phone. She's always building a new brand. She's always built, helping somebody like an influencer or an athlete with the brand. She's a brand strategist and she have worked with a lot of companies, world-renowned company, big brands like Versace is one of <laughs> one of the things that uh, companies that she worked with. So I'm gonna let her give a quick intro of herself. This is, I'm supposed to do it, but I'm gonna let her do this job because this is a very, very long one. So Vivi, Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, first of all, it's such a pleasure because we are both New Yorkers yeah. and we actually met in New York. Uh, we are entrepreneurs, both of us. We are also global citizens coming here from different parts of the world, which is definitely our connection. Right? And I'm very happy to be here. I'm always happy to discuss entrepreneurship because this is work in progress. We can never really say we are entrepreneurs yet we are always in the making so after over a decade working with Versace, Dolce & Gabbana also quickly working with Damon John from Shark Tank as well some tech companies in Silicon Valley I decided to go on my own during pandemic and I started Vivi Global Partners why is it called Global Partners well quite obviously we are global citizens all of us but I do believe in global partnerships we are seeing right now on a global scale that non-competitive brands are partnering together. Where is it, whether it's a fashion designer with athletes or with artists or deep, you know, talking about tech companies, I truly believe that strategic partnerships, partnerships will help the world to emerge 100%. the next stage. 100%, we call it integration. And it's pretty much really finding somebody to rely on. I made a video a couple of days ago about how you should invest in your business. And part of it, it's about building your team. And building your team, because a lot of time as a beginning entrepreneur, you might feel like I wanna increase my, have a big margin, so I'm gonna do a lot of things by myself. But that's a common mistake. What you put yourself, you put yourself in a situation where you just going to be busy being busy not busy being productive because you're going to spend a lot of your time in the tedious stuff that is not going to increase your top line your revenue so with what Vivi mentioned is just a, is a very amazing point to a to you know to outline there and i'm glad you brought it up Definitely. So, welcome. And to thank the you. <laughs> and I actually love, got me all hyped up when you say non income generating activities. Yeah. I am a perfectionist, which is not healthy as an entrepreneur. And for a very long time, I insisted on doing everything myself. I thought nobody could do it as good as yeah. I would. And I found myself depleted of energy, spending an extensive amount of time building some, I don't know, content for, for social media. And all I had to do is actually to delegate. It took about seven months to find the right graphic designer uh, to help me. And now I'm just so happy. I cannot believe how much more productive I am. Instead of spending two hours creating something, I just quickly give the directions. And because I invested in building a nice team, they executed. But 
Mohammadi, you know it yourself, finding the right team yeah. is also a it's, job in itself. It's a very, very big challenge. You know, finding the right team is definitely, shout out to the video crew. Thank you, we appreciate you guys. <laughs> right, finding a right, right team is a very big challenge. And one of the uh, amazing, I think it's a secret of mine, I wasn't supposed to share it, but I'm, I, love, I love you guys so much, so I'm gonna share it. One of the most efficient way to hire people is hire them through the people you already have working for you. Because what happened, it allows you to decentralize authority. So that person that's gonna be newly hired by the person that was working with you, that person have a great knowledge of the company and they have a great knowledge of the individual that they're gonna bring on board. So what happened, there'll be the synchrony, there'll be the person communicating, managing the person that they're gonna bring on board. So that's one of the amazing, amazing leverage idea that I have for the last four, three, four years, I've been using that formula successfully. I rarely go out by myself to find a new talent to bring into the company. Literally, if I need, if we have a lot of graphic work, I just tell the graphic design team we need two more people. Give me two suggestions that you believe. You know, you know, if you know people that is as most debated and um, can embody the culture that we have here in the company, which is ability. I tell my team. The managers are work for you guys, and you guys work for the people that you hire. And the people that you hire, when they get to the position where they're gonna hire somebody, they will be working for those people as well. So, you know, bring people that can nicely integrate with our culture, and they'll go out and do the homework, and they'll find the people to bring on board. So, uh, so this is a great, great idea, great tip. Hope you can, you guys can benefit from it. But Vivi, I want to stir this conversation because, like, a lot of the people that are watching this is people that currently have jobs. They're busy at the jobs, but they're just figuring out that whatever they're earning at the job is not enough it not, doesn't allow them to live the life that they want to live you know with the recession going on everything is getting more and more expensive so they're realizing they're not going to be able to you know sustain the life, lifestyle with everything that is happening so they're out looking for opportunities and as you know some people will be like i'm going to get a second job a third job but you only have 24 hours and you want to allocate it the right way so a lot of them here would be looking for okay how can i survive in this economy and my suggestion has always been you should look into finding ways to increase your earning capacity not by working much more like a longer time you can figure out ways in which you can increase your value in the marketplace instead of working for 10 hours spend ten dollars an hour you can work for like 20 20 20 dollars an hour 30 dollars an hour and that way you can earn a lot of money in the same period of time they use to work so exactly i just saw actually in business insider um a stay-at-home mom I think she increased her revenue by selling clothing pieces uh, on um, a platform very similar to Poshmark. She made, she made almost $800,000 last year. So what I would like to suggest, it's very important to identify extra revenue streams, right? Diverse revenue streams, but also you have to stay within an arena, an industry that you're comfortable with, where you have some expertise. I believe the reason people get scared, they are trying to claim expertise in areas they do not have expertise for. And this goes back to branding, yeah. right? As a personal brand, you have to do a self-assessment, yeah. very realistic self-assessment and say, this is my skill set. 
okay and these are my hobbies now no matter how great we are at our hobbies we could utilize those probably to generate some income but you cannot claim expertise based on something you don't have proof of concept for uh -huh. and I think that's why people get intimidated and scared they get intimidated because they know deep in their heart a lot of times will I be able to make it because I'm not sure yeah. right and and this is not to speak about imposter syndrome a lot of people who actually have the expertise have fear right. Every entrepreneur, nobody's going to be just 100% confident to say everything I do, it's going to work. Nobody can give us uh, a, a print, right? A blueprint for success. But if we have expertise for something, it's more likely that we will succeed. 100%. So, oh, brand reputation. Brand reputation. This is interesting. Vivi, how did, you know, I know you touched up on it a little briefly on your introduction. So you started your entrepreneurial journey during COVID. During COVID, after working with all these brands, when COVID happened, you're like, okay, I'm out. I'm creating Vivi Global Partners. How was... Uh, what would you say was the first big breakthrough? As we were talking before the podcast, before we started recording, you were telling me life is about a series of breakthroughs. You have had so many and you lost count. But what was the first breakthrough that you believe you had that really, you know, really got you going with Vivi Global Partners? You know, I have to be very straightforward here. I don't think I had the breakthrough. As of now, when I look back into my life, I think what are my breakthroughs? I don't even want to think about it because I always want more and more. I never feel like I made it. Maybe if Elon Musk would hire me to <laughs> do his branding strategy because I absolutely adore him, then I would say maybe there's that's the first breakthrough. Now, joke aside, I think it's just in my nature, right? Uh, Karl Lagerfeld, one of my greatest inspirations, right uh, the major designer he said nobody cares what you did yesterday wow right so i believe that yesterday is gone we always have to look forward what's next what's next so i believe i will never consider myself you know i already made it no 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 so it's it's, it's work in progress wow. i'm chasing i'm constantly racing towards the ultimate goal and then when i'm gonna reach it what's next there is a, um, actually something in my book the quest of the american dream that has been published in uh, 2016 it says i lived my life like a racehorse the only difference between myself and the racehorse is that he stops at the finish line i never did wow. I, you know i kept on racing long after the race was over failing to acknowledge the people cheering me on and the trophies i acquired along the way wow. it's my nature so i, I think i will never stop <laughs> and this is definitely a, a, a lifelong commitment i see like you know knowing you we've known each other now for over four years you know met like a half a year and a half before covid and we you know spoke ever since and i always always get a spark of energy every time i'm with you it's like mohammed he was thinking about this one it's like this this and you always have like you know some type of insights that can always help anybody that is listening to you and i've been one of the people that have closely benefited from your insights so thank you for all of this amazing stuff so and next question for somebody that is starting right now what would you say you know, is three, if you have like three good lessons to give to somebody that is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, but they're scared to step, start this journey, what would you say is three advice that you can give them that would give them the comfort and the confidence 
to at least step into the circle of entrepreneurship? Okay, so the first thing I would say it goes back to expertise and credibility. You have to be very straightforward with yourself and think about it. This is what I want to do. This is my entrepreneurial venture. How much expertise and credibility do I have for it? Am I capable to really create success? Do I have the support system, the intellectual capacity to deliver on my promises? And based on that, now the next step would be what exactly am I trying to do? Is it a product I'm trying to sell? Is it a service? Is it both? Is it a book I'm trying to write? Based on that, now once you identify your path, you have to design your personal brand strategy first because we live in the cult, in the era of cult of personality. Before people buy your product or services, they fall in love with who you are. It's just a social media era, right? So then you have to identify, so this is my brand story, this is my goal, this is my business model. So the next step is you will have to create a business model and identify how am I going to make money? Because no matter how fabulous you are, if you're not capable to generate revenue, that's gonna impose so much stress and you're not gonna be able to take it to the next level. So now you have the business model, right? Design. You say, this is the first stage of the business model. This is how I'm going to generate revenue. The next step is do your market research. You have to identify, you have to learn as much as possible about your industry, where you are competing, where you are launching your product. Identify who your main competitors are. Take what they do best and do better. Wow. Okay, and now the third element is you really have to factor in branding strategy. Business strategy, once you have those pillars aligned, now the brand strategy, it has to be a perfect integration. They cannot operate without another. I've seen tremendous businesses with great business models making money, but not paying attention to branding. That's going to diminish. Uh, the revenue because not enough people know about you vice versa if you have the most exquisite branding but you don't have a solid business model you're not going to monetize so you have to integrate both aspects you know create the content strategy now the go-to-market strategy and the next element we live in the era of digital digitalization people want to see you on screen Video content for many, many years, I've been speaking about it for over six years, has been generated tremendous income and opportunities to highlight your brand. Get in front of your camera. I know it's tough. Sometimes you say, I was not born in front of the iPhone. You know what? Practice, practice, practice. 100%. It's, it's just how our audiences connect with us. What I would also love to factor in, you can never underestimate the power of your connectivity, being able to engage the three categories that I always talk about, um, audiences, consumers, and communities. But that takes like a very long time to explain. <laughs> but yeah, I hope I was able to, to answer. A hundred percent. You know, you highlighted something really interesting that got me thinking, you know, I'm listening to you and my mind is like going. I just finished this book called Over Subscribe. And one of the important aspects that you just mentioned, you know, made me th- th- think of a, a portion of the the book that I've read says that there is, he mentioned a story about his friend. He built a successful business that he sold for multiple millions, right? But after he sold the business, he found himself 
like cut out because he was focused on building the business strategy, the business branding strategy, and he failed to brand himself. So what happened when he sold the company, he sold the right to contact any of his pre previous clients as well along with the, with, with, the, with the sale. So now he's sitting, he's like, okay, my name is Justin Mohammadi, and I don't like, nobody know me for anything else but the company and I cannot use the company anymore. So when you mentioned about branding, you know, building your brand, I've, like it took me back there. And one of the lessons that I got out of it as a business owner, as you start in your business, you wanna, in the beginning, maybe you don't have the luxury to build those, like the, the different brands. Start the business and as the business start getting successful, figure out the business branding strategy, like, like Vivi mentioned, right? And after that, you wanna start building your product brand and your personal brand. You have your company brand, product brand, and personal brand. So, and if you go ahead and sell the company, you still have your personal brand. If you sell a license of product, you still have your personal brand and your company brand that you can leverage. So that's amazing insight, guys. I know this is uh, an epic, epic podcast and video. I'm doing both terms. And I know Vivi, uh, I wanna thank you for coming. I know we are. this is really short because we have other things to run to, but uh, I, I'm really blessed to have you come on here and join me on this section. We're gonna definitely have a follow-up follow up uh, interview so we can really, really expand on all of this. Definitely, and talking, going quickly on what you say to build a personal brand. Let's take Kanye West, for instance, yes. as an example, right? One of my favorite personal brands. He built himself so strongly in the music industry. He became so well respected. The fashion industry embraced him. It's very well known that Kim Kardashian was his plus one at the Met Gala two years in a row, not vice versa. Okay, talking about credibility here. So the moment uh, Adidas offered him a deal, they did not offer to someone coming from the street. It was a guy who already had lots of Grammys. Today he has 21 Grammys under his belt. Someone who already had the, the audience, the consumers at his feet. So that's why he was able to make the transition from music to fashion. His personal brand is so strong. If tomorrow a company in Silicon Valley wants to do a tech product with Kanye because he built his personal brand, he can go there. If he wants to give up music and never make music again, which I don't think it will ever be possible, he's too passionate about it, he can just start anything because his personal brand is well respected. Like him or not, he's a marketing and branding genius. So 100%. this is a perfect example, right? That's epic. That's epic. Definitely the way Kanye built his brand, you know, like considering personal branding as, you know, what I read in over oversubscribe obviously the example of Kanye West that you just mentioned is an epic one he have his personal brand and if he decide to license out any product it automatically gonna inherit and the same thing goes with uh, literally Richard Branson Richard Branson if he was in front of Richard Branson right now he said you're all virgin <laughs> virgin team baby red and and you know it's like he's a great, great branding expert as well. And he's built his company brand, he built his personal brand. Anything that Richard Branson associate himself with, all the way, gonna literally like if you are have the right component that floats on water, it doesn't matter what you tie up to it, it just floats, right? So it's like this same idea of the brand, right? You have Richard Branson, if you do, do anything, 
if you decide to do water tomorrow, virgin water, we're all gonna drink it because we yes. believe in the brand. And talking about branding, I know you, right now there's this controversial co uh, conversation going on with Andrew Tate, you know, and I was talking to you earlier about it and you mentioned that the guy, if whether you like it or not, he's a great marketer. Can you expand in like from your per point of view as a branding expert, how do you think, how genius do you think Andrew Tate is at branding? Definitely a marketing genius. I mean, look how much exposure Andrew Tate gets now after he's been banned from all the social media platforms. Patrick David did a tremendous interview in Dubai of five hours recently, and I was so enticed. And what I would, I would say about Andrew Tate, media was very keen on taking a few seconds and snippets of what he said to ensure that he's being positioned in a negative light. After you listen, and I would encourage each of you to listen to at least one or two hours from this interview with Patrick David. I mean, the guy is brilliant. He has a high IQ, right? And Patrick himself, both of them, right? But also Andrew, he's a highly intelligent guy. He's very clever. He sees the world through his own lens. And he's, it's, it takes a lot of courage in the world we live in. Funny enough, I always say that we live in such a controversial society, but somehow we don't like controversial people unless they make us money. Because Kim Kardashian, for instance, right? She was controversial for a long time. She still is with a you know a tape that she did a sex tape but people love her because she stays safe okay this is very important when you stay safe you don't rough any feathers you don't talk much politics you just play cool now everybody sort of loves you but when you're a genius like Elon Musk like Kanye West like Madonna and you are getting really excited about changing the world and impacting the world and you are vocal about it it's an unsafe and uncomfortable territory for media platforms and for people to support. So going back to Andrew Tate, many things he said have so much depth in terms of how the world, you know, the, the, the way the world operates on a global scale. He actually moved to my country, Romania, four years ago, and he's doing tremendous thing in, in the business world. But I would say the guy is clever and he's deep. He has depth and he gives you, when you listen to him longer, he gives you an explanation in detail about why he feels a certain way about relationships. I mean, come on, women out there are crying every day that they are being manipulated. But look, to what extent women manipulate men? We are in Miami. I mean, what we see here happening, you know, manipulating men with money and, and stuff like that. So we have to really, really, as a society, collectively, we have to look into these people and say, wait a minute, does this person make me think different and it takes me out of my comfort zone and it's uncomfortable? So Andrew Tate, I would love to interview him at some point. I'm sure you do too. Clever, insightful, game changer, controversial marketing and branding genius he just started oh yeah and i know he's going to definitely impact the world in more ways than he is right now you know you mentioned something interesting about you know we live in miami and influence i call the miami dating space the marketplace of emotion but you like why marketplace of emotion because you got you have beautiful women beautiful girls so let's say women, let's say women because that more, that's more responsible. We consider, you know, responsible people here, right? So you have beautiful women that think that because they're beautiful, they're going to have, you know, be able to attract and keep a successful man. And you have successful men 
thinking that because they have money, they're going to be able to attract and keep beautiful women. It 100% contributes, your money and your beauty would 100% contribute to attracting whatever you want, but keeping it is a whole different uh, equation. You know, you're not going to, the money is not going to keep a, uh, to a woman, the beauty is not going to keep a man because there's always somebody out there with more money. There's somebody out there that is more, much more beautiful. The real question is how you make that person feel. If you have money and you make the person feel like, you know, shit, I would they want to be around you? No. But if you, and, and if you're beautiful and you make the person that is hanging out with you feel like shit, you know, it's you're not going to have them. Money, you need some values, you need some set of you know standards for yourself. And if you define those very, very clearly, that's why I'm saying it's very important for you to know yourself and figure out who you are and who you want to be. And with that insight, you are better off finding the person that you want to, you know, you're better off attracting and keeping the person you're looking for because they would see the same things that they have they, or they want in you, and you see the same thing you want in them. So that's my insight. So well, I think it's very valid, right? And um, I believe relationships these days have cheapened because of how social media portrays people on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. We don't ever know. Look, we all know at this point you can rent a private jet and take pictures with it. So what we see on social media, we have to filter through our own perspective and understand, is this really the person? Do they really have the success or the money they claim they do? So you have to be really factoring everything, be very careful, speak with people, really pay attention, dialogue. I think, you know, that's why I say when, when you start to date, spend time getting to know that person. Yeah. Don't go by, by, by what they tell you or show you on social media. Truly go into depth and understand who they are. And how can they add value to your relationship? A hundred percent. Because it's not only about, you know, liking each other. It's more about being able to still like each other despite the differences that you're gonna have in a long-term relationship. So Vivi, this was an amazing interview. We started, we literally covered a lot of things and I'm happy we did get to be able to tie up all these different ideas and all these different things in one interview. So thank you for coming. Would you like to share a last word with the people watching? Sure, really invest in yourself. And remember in the digital era, our social media is our digital business Card. Every piece of content you put out there, whether it's a picture, a sentence you say, can be used against you or for you. So be very mindful about how you project yourself as a personal, as a human brand out there and continue to add value. Be kind, have empathy, but always, always factor in that we owe it to society. Society doesn't owe us anything. We owe it to humanity to be the best version of ourselves and inspire and contribute to the world. We don't have just rights on this planet we have obligations as well and responsibilities so wow this is epic guys thank you for watching subscribe to the channel like comment in in the ideas that vivi have shared vivi is going to be in the comment as well if a, a, you know you have a question drop it there i'm gonna also ask vivi if we can do another follow-up another follow-up workshop like an hour or two workshop inside our private group so you're gonna see the link to the facebook group below request to join and you'll be added 
and sometime in the very near future i'm going to invite vivi and we're going to have a workshop together to answer a lot of the questions that you might have in a very private manner and add a lot of value to you so thank you for watching share the video to whoever you think you need to see this and see you guys in the next video bye bye